Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Maytech results presentation, the year ending 31st of May 2023. Most of you will know me. I'm Rory McDonald, uh, founder, chief executive at Maytech. Joined this morning by Debbie Lovegrove, um, our CFO. Thank you all for your time today. Really looking forward to kind of talking through the progress that we've made as a business over the last 12 months. Um, we've got about a 30 minute presentation to talk through. I'll give you a bit of an update on business progress. Debbie's going to talk through uh, the financial results um, and then I'm going to give a bit of an overview on the strategic plan um, and then cover off the outlook. And of course, we'll have some time for questions at the end. Talking about kind of business update, you know, first of all, let me say that FY23 has been a, a really challenging year for Maytech, um, quite possibly the most challenging year since I founded the business in, in 2020. Um, there was a lot going on for, uh, within the sort of macroeconomic environment. You know, it's had a massive impact on society. Lots going on politically, which has impacted our, our clients. Um, and there've been a lot of changes at Maytech, which which has impacted our business. So, you know, overall, it's been a it's been a tough year. Um, but amidst these challenges, I feel we've made some really really good progress in a number of different areas. Our sales bookings hit an all time high of seventy million. You know, that's a really significant number. That's something we're really pleased with. That number comes on the back of you know a number of kind of contract renewals and really kind of deepening relationships with with key clients. Um, you know, it really goes without saying that and really speaks volumes for the quality of the kind of services we're offering to clients and the relationships our teams have, have, have built with clients over the last few years. So we're really pleased with the, the 70 million booking number this year. Diving a bit deeper into our contracts, you know, there's been a real trend this year of winning bigger deals. We signed two contracts over 10 million, seven over 5 million and 10 over 2 million. And really, you know, this isn't just growth. It's really kind of showing a significant increase in the significance we as an organization are playing in the market. Um, and really, that's something we're expecting to continue moving forwards. We've been investing into the development of some software as a service products, and we've continued to the investment to develop those products this year. Really, those products are really designed specifically for local government. You know, if we look at that market, that market is full of software providers, providing kind of antiquated technology, which which frankly really isn't fit for purpose. And a lot of the transformation that's happening in that market is to try and move away from, from those software providers. Um, so really kind of what we've been doing in that space is trying to use the insights um, that we've got from, from the local government market and our you know, expertise in modern software delivery um, to take transformative kind of products out to this market. Um, we've launched three, three SaaS products um, last year. Um, I've got now got kind of a handful of clients that are signed up to it and a really kind of nice healthy pipeline that's starting to build as we move into into this year. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about, about that later, but kind of we're, we're excited about kind of the future and the opportunity in that space. On the capabilities front, we've made some really good progress. So capabilities are really kind of the services and the things we provide to customers and at the core of our business. And really since launching our design capability in 2021, We've really grown that significantly to nearly 100 people in the organization now that are part of that design capability. And we're really pleased with that. Recently hired a new design leader into the business to look after that area of the organization moving forwards. If I look back to 2022, we launched a, a dedicated data and AI um, practice. And we've been seeing that kind of grow nicely, pro approximately 20 people in that team now. 
I'm not going to talk too much about AI um, today. I know there's probably a million different organizations talking about it, but we do genuinely see a significant opportunity in that space for us within the public sector in the years ahead. Um, and we see kind of lots of demand in that space moving forward. So we're interested in seeing how that, how that progresses and moves forward in the, in the months and years ahead. Overall, in kind of 23, FY23, we spent about 1.6 million in helping to build out our capabilities. So across kind of data design managed services, and really all of the investments in these spaces are all about kind of driving future kind of revenue streams and new areas of growth for the organization and are strategically important for us as a business. Alongside, you know, introducing these new capabilities, we've also been, you know, doing a lot of work around kind of expanding our senior team. So kind of really delighted to have Tim Bedell join us as Chief Delivery and Transformation Officer and Wayne Sell join us as Chief People Officer. You know, really important that we kind of bring the right people into the business who kind of help take us on the next phase of our, our growth journey. And both of those have got fantastic experience and kind of will help, help kind of progress the business forwards. So really pleased to have them on the team. You know, so despite a, a sort of challenging macro environment and, and political landscape, um, you know, we've come a long way. We've made good progress in a number of areas. Um, but of course, there are there are things that we need to improve in, in FY24 and uh, things we could have done better in FY23. And, and really just want to talk a little bit about, about a couple of those now. So I think for those of you who have followed the Matex story, you'll know we, we've really had no problems in delivering growth. We've been driving a market leading organic growth figure for a number of years now. And whilst we continue to kind of push hard on growth, our current focus has really shifted to be more about the fundamentals and driving profit, margin and cash generation. Um, so over the last six months, we've really put a particular emphasis on the fundamentals around kind of margin and profitable performance and improving cash conversion and cash flow from operations. Debbie's going to talk a little bit about the numbers shortly, but you'll see from these that our H2 FY23 performance was significantly improved on our H1 performance. And we're seeing that performance trend continue into H1 of FY24. And for me, as I look out over the next few years, I'm going to be really kind of pushing the business to grow from, you know, a 40 million business to a 100 million business. And really kind of before we really make, make this push, I want to ensure the fundamentals are solid and the next phase of growth delivers you know, for shareholders. So our, our focus for this, you know, our focus is on this for the rest of this financial year. I'm going to hand over now to, to Debbie to talk about the numbers. Thanks, Rory. So if we look at the financial performance of the business and looking at the key highlights, we continue to see strong top line revenue growth. So our revenue has grown by 37% to 40.2 million. That's a combination of growth from existing clients and also winning new contracts with new clients. Our gross profit was 14.4 million, which was up 28%. However, disappointingly, our gross profit margin was lower than the previous year. So our gross profit margin was just under 36%. Previous year was 38%. The reason it was lower is because it was impacted by some um, delays that we saw in some project revenues, particularly um, in the last quarter of FY23. Um, this impacted um, our utilisation levels and it had an impact in terms of our gross profit margin and our EBITDA. Um, our average utilisation um, was roughly about 70%, prior year was 81%, so it was significantly lower. 
Um, things to highlight is that the utilisation level at H1 was two percentage points lower than H2 for FY23. So some of those improvements that Rory was talking about, we can see that in the second half of FY23, and that is continuing moving into FY24. We have done some significant improvements in profit margin. So we've done an awful lot of work to improve our profit margins and improve our cash flow balances, building on what Rory was already talking about. We're seeing the results of that moving into FY24. So adjusted EBITDA was lower, so it was 1.5 million, so it was down 43%. That is a direct result of the delays in those revenues coming through, mainly at the last quarter of FY23. We are dependent on clients when those contracts kick off. But I think what is pleasing is that our sales bookings number was 69.9 million. So as Roy just talked about, it's up 37%. Also, our contractors backlog was the highest at 67.9%, so up 78%. Cash flow, so you can see that our cash flow from operations was down 0.5 million. Our cash balance at the end of the year was 8.5 million. I'll walk through the cash flow a bit later. The majority of that cash outflow was due to the investments in capabilities and products. It is important for us to invest in that product development. It's part of our ambition to continue to grow and scale the business. Growing that product offering diversifies our revenue streams, but more to follow on this a bit later. If we look through the summary PL, so we've covered most of the kind of revenue and gross profit. Overheads, you can see that our overheads increased to 15.9 million, so up 38%. That number does include the share-based payment charge. It also includes some exceptional costs. So we had about half a million of exceptional costs related to some headcount reductions that I'll talk through in a minute. We have been increasing our investment in sales and marketing, which is the majority of that spend, and that's to grow future revenue streams. If we look through the cash flow, so if you look at the graph on the left, that is the bridge between our EBITDA and our cash flow. So our adjusted EBITDA was 1.5 million, but you can see on the bar on the right that our cash outflow was 3.9 million. The majority of that cash outflow is tied into the exceptionals of the half a million, which is severance costs, 1.6 million in investments and capabilities, and 1.5 million in investment in the three products that Rory was talking about earlier. I think what's pleasing is if you look at the graph on the right, you can see that there's a real difference between the cash outflows in H1 and H2. So the cash burn in H2 is significantly lower than H1. We're seeing that trend continue due to the improvements that we've made in the business. That's going to continue into FY24. If we look at the people side of our business, so our headcount has reduced. So our headcount at the end of the year was 430 compared to the number of 478 in the previous year, so down 10%. We did do some headcount reductions. We talked about those when we were doing our interims in H1. So that was a deliberate effort to make sure that we right-sized our business, to make sure that we had the right staffing mix to ensure that we can improve things like our utilisation, our gross profit margins and our profitability. So that work was done in the year, um, sort of around February, March time. We're seeing those improvements in terms of utilisation. We saw that towards the end of FY23 and we're seeing that those improvements in FY24. 
Contractors, you can see that we have reduced the number of contractors. So we're replacing contractors and third-party suppliers with employees. That trend is continuing, and that is ensuring that we're delivering a higher gross profit margin, and that that's dropping through to adjusted EBITDA. What's disappointing is our retention rate is lower. So the average retention rate during the year was 71%. That was down versus the previous year, which was 73%. And also at the interims, we were reporting number of 85%. There's a couple of reasons as to why our retention rate was lower. The first one is business was impacted by um, the headcount reductions that we did um, during the year. Also, whilst um, there has been sort of well-publicised headcount reductions in the tech industry as a whole, um, our employees still have options. So there are still some companies employing um, people in quite high salaries that obviously we can't match. So we, we did see a bit of turn during the year. Um, this is a key area of focus for the business. So um, churn does cost the business. Um, so this is a focus that we have been deliberately looking at. Um, we've seen that retention rate improve as we move into certainly Q1 of FY24, but we're seeing that that, that retention rate definitely improve for the business. Utilisation, so the utilisation, as I just referred to, is was lower at 70%. Again, this is a key focus area for the business to make sure that's improved. We're seeing those improvements in the first quarter of FY24, but it was impacted by those project delays, particularly in the last quarter of FY23. With that, I'm going to hand over to Rory. He's going to talk about the strategic plan. Super. Thank you. Thank you, Debbie. So I'm just going to give a quick overview of the overall kind of strategic plan. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go into kind of a huge amount of detail on it at, at this point, um, but just want to kind of provide a bit of an overview for, for those who are, who are new, new to the organisation. Really, the market opportunity that's been underpinning the growth of Maytech is really driven by the sort of the broader digital transformation shift that we're seeing across a whole bunch of different sectors. Within government and public sector, there is a lot of legacy technology. There's a lot of paper-based processes. There's a lot of old ways of working that they're really not fit for purpose anymore. Um, and, and the market really, you know, there's a lot of antiquated suppliers, you know, suppliers who've been working with government organizations for decades and, and frankly doing a, doing a pretty cool job. Um, and really across government, there's a real, real drive and desire to, to kind of to use digital, to use more automation, to streamline government services, to make them much more agile, uh, more efficient, and, and generally kind of try and um, make government a more efficient place to kind of to run. Um, and really, that's the sort of the, the opportunity that we're going after. The immediately addressable market, you know, the area that we operate in is approximately two to three billion in size. And really that's calculated using you know, the digital spend that's existed over the last few years. There's a bit of a kind of change that's happening in the market over the next sort of 12 to 18 months due to the election. So the market's been growing very, very quickly, but obviously there's an election coming up at some point over the next sort of 12 to 18 months. So that's creating a bit of uncertainty in the market over the kind of forward period. So the, the annual growth rate of the market is expected to slow over the sort of next year to two years as the election plays out and kind of new priorities move forward. But the underlying trend within the market will continue. All the signs are pointing towards continued investment into, you know, driving kind of transformation and kind of change and to move things forward. So I think it's a really kind of strong market to be operating within and kind of really provides a really great foundation for us to kind of grow our business within. 
some of you will be new to the Maytech story. So I just want to kind of talk a little bit about kind of what it is we do, you know, some of the services that we offer. So, you know, we are digital transformation providers to the government and UK public sector. You know, we we help them to move from paper-based processes to digital processes. And, and to give you some examples of the type of things we, we're involved in, you know, we work with HMRC on the, the, the tax platforms. You know, that's the thing that underpins VAT and PAYE. Um, you know, we work with people like the Ministry of Justice on, on the um, electronic monitoring. We work with, you know, Ofgem on the green gas support schemes. We work with DVLA on provisional driving licenses. So we're involved in delivering a lot of the sort of core core technology that um, that's involved in kind of running and operating government on a sort of day-to-day basis. The business is really kind of organized around these sort of three areas. So transform, deliver, and run. So we're sort of in the transform space. Really, this is about kind of supporting clients in the early stages of their transformation journey, providing advice, helping them to kind of design and think about kind of change that is required um, and kind of really kind of shape up what that kind of transformation looks like for a government organization. So that might be a new policy priority that's coming in. How might we test that policy priority and then go on to deliver it? It could be we're trying to move away from a, a legacy contract. You know, how do we do that? How do we kind of split up the different services that exist within a legacy contract and deliver those in a more modern way? So, you know, the transformer area of our organization is focused on, on those type of things. We then sort of move into the deliver side of things. So really, this is about the delivery of the core kind of transformation initiative. So that is, you know, developing, you know, bespoke services for government departments. You know, it's designing those services. It's building on the data platforms that underpin them, supporting on the cybersecurity initiatives. So all the services in and around delivering on those government transformation initiatives are within this area. And really, this is where the bulk of our team are based, you know, 90 plus percent sit within this area here. And then on the right hand side, we've got the run side of things. So that, that's more about kind of running the ongoing operations for our clients, so supporting them to kind of run and operate things moving forwards. And that's a smaller part of our business at this point in time, but we expect it to grow and develop over time as we get kind of more and more contracts in that space and this has been kind of one of the areas we've been investing in over the last few years also just want to touch a little bit on the product side of things so you know as touched on earlier we've been developing some new products specifically for the local government market the first product is a thing called housing repairs and really that's about supporting local authorities and residents of local authorities to manage housing repairs for their area Second product is around voids and managing the voids period within sort of housing stock within local authorities. And the third product is called ID Evidence. And that's enabling local authorities to verify individuals' identities and enabling them to issue things like licenses and different kind of things to citizens who live within a particular local authority facility. So these are sort of three products that we've been working on over the last 12 months. And really all of these products are, are tied back into really the transformation of, of local authorities and government. So you know, it's about how do you how do you deliver things more effectively and more efficiently. And really that sort of efficiency and driving efficiency is really, really important. You know, we all know there's a lot of strain on, on local authorities at the moment. And, you know, and tools like these and products like these, which help to free up people's time to deliver things more effectively, um, will ultimately help to find savings with it within authority. So we've been been de- developing these products and taking these products out to up to market. You know, we've made some nice progress. You know, we've signed up a few clients into the kind of product space today. We've got a really nice pipeline that is building. And it's kind of important to mention that the commercial model around these products 
is different to our core kind of services. So these products are being sold on an annual recurring basis. So it's more of a licensed model with much more significant gross margins for the business. And you know, over time, we'd expect to see you know these products grow and kind of gain market penetration and start to you know contribute kind of nicely to the business's gross margin and then ultimately kind of bottom line. So we're quite excited about the work we're doing in the product space, and we think it's an important area for the business moving forwards. To sort of quickly just touch on customer base, so you know, we've got a great selection of customers. Across central government, this is kind of really where our large customers are. And we work with the likes of the Home Office, Ministry of Justice, Ministry of Defence, Met Office, you know, organisations that spend billions on technology and change every year. We're in a kind of really fortunate position to have eight of the top 10 central government bodies as active clients. And we're supporting them on their transformation journeys. What we typically see in this space is, you know, the, these these clients signing sort of very large contracts, so multi, multi-million pound contracts that get drawn down over a, a number of years on a sort of time and materials basis against a range of different services and capabilities. So, you know, I touched on earlier kind of the expansion of our services and capabilities. You know, that is important because it enables, you know, the customers who are who are awarding these contracts to, you know, to deliver more um, for us to deliver more value to those customers as, as as we build out those those capabilities. We've got a bunch of clients in the healthcare space, you know, organizations like NHS England. These bodies also spend lots and lots of money on technology and change. So we've been kind of building out our clients in that space and we'll continue to do that over the coming years. Certainly been a, a bit of a challenging period in the healthcare space for the last sort of 12 to, to 18 months as there's been a lot of change within within kind of government around kind of health how healthcare is structured. Um, but it's looking quite positive moving forward. So we're ex- excited to kind of build and, and grow within the healthcare space in the, in the years ahead. We're really proud of the work we've done on ESG over the last 12 months. You know, we've got an ESG committee that's in place and, and they're making really good progress across a number of different areas. We've reduced our carbon impacts and have significantly reduced our carbon emissions in total and reduced the amount of carbon per employee. We've achieved a carbon neutral status in the year and are on track to achieve net zero by 2030. Ethnic diversities remain sort of the same as it was in FY22 at uh, 20%. Our gender balance has declined slightly year on year. So 30% of the workforce of women has declined slightly, but it's still kind of significantly ahead of the sort of industry average for women in IT. So lots of work for us to do, but really kind of focus on this as an area for the organization over the year ahead. So moving forwards, we're continuing to deliver on the strategies that we've set out. From a revenue perspective, FY24 has started a little more slowly than kind of last year, but we expected that given the sort of dip in revenue that we saw in April and May. And then we've seen the recovery in June, July and August. So overall, we're expecting our revenue to be flat in kind of H1 FY24. However, despite this, you know, profits have grown and really that's been driven by the operational improvements that we've made and that we touched on earlier. You know, we've seen significant improvements in utilisation margin and profits. So we're positive about that. We've just secured a place on the Dallas framework. So the Dallas framework is a, it's a significant new framework that has just been just been launched. There's a relatively small number of suppliers on that framework. Um, and the, the lot that we've been awarded a place on um, it's got a 750 million spend over a four-year period. So if we if we manage to have an equal share of that 750 million, which you know there's no reason why we w- will not, you know, that will make a significant contribution to the business in the year ahead, in the years ahead. So we're pretty excited about that. 
you know, I think overall the demand environment still remains positive. So, you know, there's a lot of contracts coming out to market. There's lots of opportunities that exist in the market. But we do know customers are just being a bit more cautious. Um, you know, there's a there's a bit of an unknown around timings on the election. There's some some, you know, some question marks around that. And that's creating a bit of caution with customers. But there's still a lot of contracts in the market. So, you know, we're, we're pretty excited about the year ahead. Um, we think we can make good progress. And really, we're kind of focused on delivering you know, short term performance and then capturing the long term opportunity. And we've got the kind of whole team focused on that. Thank you. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.